Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy Hickman here representing the other half, the whole half of the Locked On Texans daily podcast. Happy to be back on Wednesday, but this episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Why? This football season is different, but Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for us who watch it. Tuesday night while we're recording this, uh, Cody has the draft tomorrow, right, Cody, from the Houston Rockets covering the NBA? Yes, sir. And so he will be a pretty busy man. So we are recording on Tuesday night. Uh, one of those slow burn news days, right? Not much going on uh, with the Houston Texans. A lot going on with the other team uh, that's d- located downtown uh, at the Toyota Center. But not a lot going on with the team off Kirby. However, there are still some things that we can look at uh, with this organization that will affect the rest of this season and, more importantly, next year, right? And yesterday we talked about the possibility of uh, Romeo Cornell sticking around as the official head coach for next year and Jack used to be staying in Houston as the GM. And we both thought that was just such an idiotic idea. But, however, we are not in charge of the Houston Texans. All we do is cover and discuss. But that's why you guys are here. Don't forget to check us out on all of the major podcasts and platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Megaphone, and Spotify. Cody, what do we have on today's show? Well, we are going to go back into our position previews and talk about some players that we would like to see either A, get more playing time, or B, get less playing time. And listeners, the two positions that John and myself will be talking about today are the cornerbacks and the linebackers. However, speaking of cornerbacks, we're going to start with the news surrounding Garyon Conley. A couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity of asking Anthony Weaver, what's the likelihood that we will see Garyon Conley during the second half of the season? And he flat out told me that it's going to take a miracle. As we all know, Conley had ankle surgery this offseason, and we all thought at some point throughout this year, we was going to see Conley back out on the field. And on Friday, Romeo Cannell basically gave the nod that Conley will not be returning for the remainder of this season, which could be devastating news for Conley because he is scheduled to be a free agent at the end of this season. However, given how good he was when he first came to the Houston Texans last year, looking at the fact that he has missed, well, he's going to miss the entire 2020 season. What is the likelihood that the Houston Texans are going to be able to retain his services when free agency opens up next year? I'm confused um, on my side and what I think, because the Texans top, uh, I want to say top five or six, between five to eight players on contract for next year are going to cost Houston, $109 million. 
That's a lot of money between eight to 10 guys. And so they only have between 40 and 60 left to fill holes on the roster for this team on a roster that's going to include, you know, 40 plus other guys. So whether or not he will be back next year, I don't know if it really depends on whether both sides really want to strike a deal with one another because, you know, Gary Young can say, well, I didn't play last year, which he should not come back at all this year. There's no reason for it. But Gary Young can say, well, I didn't come back this year, last year. Uh, I need to still prove it. And he can take a one-year deal. And Houston can say, well, we'd like to give you a one-year deal. This is what we're offering. Gary Young can say, well, when I got to your team in 2019, I was really the best cornerback on your roster. Only allowed 299 yards after, you know, six games started, eight played, and he was thrown into the fire. That was the best of his career. Only allowed 52.2% of passes completed my way. That was the best of his career. Only allowed 6.5 yards per target. That was the best of his career. Only allowed two touchdowns last year. That was the best of his career. And only... Only missed four tackles, right? So Gary Young can say, well, what I did was the best of my career, and I, and I played the best on your team, especially once I got my foot under myself, and I understood what I was able to do for this team. He's, and he can say, well, I don't want to take the contract that you're giving me. He can say, well, this is all we have to offer because we are dedicating so much more money to a limited group of guys, and we really can't overpay you right now because a lot of other guys are being overpaid so the question of will he be back next year i'm not sure and that that's a you know that sucks to say because i would love for him to be back but the question of should houston make sure that they get him back absolutely absolutely i mean because of where you are with your draft capital because of where you are with the amount of money that you have and understanding that you still have to take care of an entire roster. You really can't afford to lose players. And with Gary Young being here for a uh, half a year, balled out with Houston, and it'll be his third year. If he, if he's retained, it'll be his second and a half year going into a, a season with this team. Only be his first full year if he plays next year but he's still on the roster for this year. Houston desperately needs him back next year. I just do not know if they can afford him because of how much they're paying guys like Rudy Merciless, uh, how much Deshaun Watson and Lambert Thompson's contract is going to take up Zach Cunningham, Bernardrick McKinney. So they are going to be making a bulk of the Texas salary cap next year. And I don't know if they're going to have enough money to extend to Gary Young Conley, especially if he's looking for a one-year deal. That's also something to look at. I also want to transition real quick. With that salary cap problem Houston has, that makes this organization so much more unattractive. Terrible salary cap, no draft capital, and now I have an owner who apparently doesn't know what he's doing. But transitioning back over to Gary Young Conley, he should be back in Houston. Just don't know if they can afford him. 
I do believe that he's going to be able to come back to Houston. And I do believe that the Texans are going to be able to afford him. And I say that because a guy like Gary on Conley, he has a lot of things going against him. One, he will not and has not played this season, which means if he tests the waters in free agency in 2021, I'm not too sure how big of a market he will have. And John, to your point, once again, you look at the lack of talent that this team has, especially at secondary, <laughs> the Texans need to do everything that they can to make sure that they keep that guy. Secondly, remember when he came over from the Oakland Raiders last year? A lot of people, a lot of people gave up on Gary on Conley. A lot of people laughed at the Houston Texans for taking on Gary on Conley. And he proved to be one of our best defensive players last year. So, and you also got to take into consideration that a lot of teams is not going to be willing to pay Conley because they really don't know how his ankle is going to be. Because if Anthony Weaver had to say that it's going to take a miracle for him to come back this season, that lets me know that that ankle is nowhere near where it's supposed to be right now. And what Romeo Cannell said last week, he said the man is not even working out right now. So this guy has a lot going against him. If I was Conley, I do think it's best if he just swallow his pride and, and re-sign whatever deal the Texans throw his way next season because the Texans need him, but he also needs the Texans as well. Like you said, John, you sign a one-year prove-it deal, you go out there, ball for one season, and who knows? Maybe you might ball so good to the point the Texans might reward you with a contract extension. And if they can't afford it, then another team will be able to give you the contract that you want. 2021 might not be the ideal situation, but he's going to have to think long-term versus the short-term. I will say that when we look at what Houston has on the roster outside of Bradley Roby, and, and really not understanding and knowing what we have in John Reed, he is considerably better than any other option we have at cornerback. And the last time we saw Gary Young Conley, who played eight games for Houston, started six, only allowed 49 yards per game. And with that 49 per game, when we look at when he was traded a week after the Green Bay game, where he allowed 152 yards, he played the Oakland Raiders and allowed 72 yards, right? But that was a game where he didn't get the opportunity to really get to this defense in this team. After that 72 yards per game allowed goes like this, 64, 15, 9, 16, 31, 55, 37. The kick and ball. He needs to be back here in Houston. And since arriving in Houston last year, he only allowed two touchdowns. We're talking about Gary Conley, who is a cornerback for this team, and we know how horrendous this secondary has been. So let's stay with the secondary and talk about the cornerbacks on our team when we come back. You know, Cody, and listeners at home, Thanksgiving is around the corner. It's next week. If you blink your eyes twice and cough with a mask on, of course, Thanksgiving will be here next Thursday. And then after Thanksgiving, Christmas is around the corner. So it is the holiday times. And the holiday times is the time of year where, you know, you may be working out, trying to stay in shape, but you now you're with your family, 
drinking and eating, you're having a good old merry time, and it's harder to kind of work out. I understand that. But when it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment, hitting your fitness goal or feeling great about yourself. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and all of their Echelon Stride Smart treadmills. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your home. It's the best part about it all. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live-on-demand studio-level classes always available when you need them. They work on your time. Right now, you can try any Echelon Fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's echelonfit.com slash NFL. There's a whole lot of changes going on in the world right now. I get on Twitter. And, you know, now Twitter has stories. You know, I, I think... I like, and I'm an old-fashioned kind of guy. Let me tweet. You know, let me stir up some trouble. Let me drop some uh, conspiracy theories. Let me drop some hot sports takes. But now with the stories, I kind of feel like it's getting away from what Twitter should really be. I don't want to see all of these people. I want to read your tweets. But are you surprised everybody have stories now? Why does everybody want to be seen so bad? I'm I'm okay with it because with the stories, that's just more opportunity for me to promote my articles, for me to promote Locked On Texans. It's, it's just more opportunities. So I, I, as a journalist, I love it. Oh my gosh, you're you're always a journalist. You know what I am? Look at Aaron Wilson. Everybody, go to Aaron Wilson Twitter page right now and go to his story. <laughs> he has he he has posted a story nearly every single hour. You know what I am? You got to use it to your advantage. I'm a Twitter. I'm a Twitter head. I'm a, I'm a Twitter guy. And you know, all this story stuff, adding it on, I just, I, I, I don't like it. But I'm also kind of old-fashioned with my Twitter. I remember I used to tweet from my phone. Not, not the app, but from the actual text message. So that's how far back I go with Twitter. All of these changes makes me kind of think about what changes Houston needs at the secondary, who's been bad this year. You know, probably the worst, if not number 32, number 31, worst secondary in the league. I mean, we've had games where a rookie quarterback throws for 304 yards. Granted, the Houston Texans have an abysmal pass rush, but we've seen where the front seven gives their secondary time with opportunities to make plays, and it just doesn't happen. Third and 18, playing against the uh, Browns, and you allow a play. They just don't have the talent. And with that secondary and, and understanding what has came with it for the first nine games, uh, that's what we're going to talk about and analyze. We analyze the running back position. We analyze the wide receiver position. And all of these analysis that we're going through is it for the 2020-2021 season, right, Cody? It's for next year. And we need to talk about the secondary. And, you know, granted, having Bradley Roby on this secondary, um, 
it, it's really good to have him around. But we talked about how we need Gary Young Conley back. I think the Vernon Hargraves, the third experiment, should be done after this year, unless you're not able to kind of replace him in the end. And then in that case, you keep him around because you need a body on your team. But we've seen Philip Gaines get, you know, meaningful snaps. Um, and then we also have to look at the safety position. But right now at cornerback, how long before we were able to see John Reed get meaningful snaps? And what are we really looking for to change next year? In my opinion, I believe the only way we're going to see John Reed get more minutes is we're going to just have to wait till next season. And that's if we get a whole new coaching staff and, and of course, a, a brand new head coach. We all know, unless you have a generational talent on the sideline, for some reason, this organization does not like playing younger talents for some odd reason. I don't know why. And, you know, when we had Bill O'Brien, the excuse was that this is a veteran team. The excuse was this is a veteran year, especially when you look at everything going on with COVID and not having a rookie training camp or normal OTAs and, you know, just training camp in general. Everything was just flipped upside down this year. You know, we was all fed that this is a veteran team. But clearly, the so-called veterans that you have on this team, they're not that good. You have talent, but you don't want to play that talent. John Reed is somebody through the short amount of times I have seen him play so far this season, I've actually liked what I saw. He was able to cover his guy. He was able to cover his, his, his zone. He was able to cover his spot. I like what I saw, but apparently it's still not good enough. So we're going to just have to wait until next season to see what we truly have in John Reed. However, on the flip side of things, I do want to take a moment and talk about Bradley Roby. Now, John, I'm about to say something about Roby you might not agree with because right now he is our best cornerback. But I think in order for us to give Garyon Conley that opportunity to go out and prove what he can do, and not only Conley, but also John Reed, I would like to see Bradley Roby because we all know something went on the week after our bye week. And he did not play against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Something went on. Rather, you want to go with the personal side or go with the discipline punishment side. Something went on between him and this organization that forced him to be out. I could tell something wasn't right. But what I do want to say is this. I would like to see Bradley Roby ball out the remainder of this season and get his trade value extremely high and force a team like the Seattle Seahawks or anybody who need help on the defensive side of the ball who is actually contending for a championship and trade him in order to recover some of that draft capital that you lost. Now, do I think we're going to get a first-round pick? Hell no. Do I think we're going to get a second-round pick? Mm, that would be great, but most likely not. But if you can flip him and possibly get a third-round pick or not even a pick, an up-and-coming raw talent who's not – getting too many minutes on a championship contending team, I would like to see Bradley Roby be flipped for something because when I'm breaking down the Houston Texans roster and I'm looking at every single one of these positions outside of Deshaun Watson, Laramie Thompson, maybe Will Fuller. No, I'm going to say Will Fuller because I do believe he's going to be here. And Zach Cunningham, 
all these other guys that I'm looking at, looking at uh, and Titus Howard as well. I'm sorry, John. I know you and the listeners is probably about to kill me if I didn't mention Titus Howard. But everybody else on this roster, I kind of feel are expendable because I'm looking at beyond the 2022 season. I'm looking at players who we can actually build a foundation around. After this season, Bradley Roby is going to have two years left on his contract. And if the Houston Texans continue to suck, which I do believe they will, I don't see a situation where he's going to want to stay in Houston. He already has the title of being the Texans' best cornerback. But in 2020, it's not saying a lot, but it's still something to behold. He's the Texans' best corner. Finish out the season strong. Get him to get his trade value extremely high and see what you can get for a guy like Roby. Because I do believe because you don't have any money to spend in free agency, because you have so little draft capital in this organization as of right now, because you let Bill O'Brien just trade trade all of it away like it was a bag of chips, like it wasn't nothing. The only way the Houston Texans can actually rebuild this roster is start by trading away some of these veteran players that they have. A guy like Bradley Roby, he will be able to bring something back. You know, what's funny. You mentioned how the Texans need to kind of move along from their veterans after a veteran year. I think, I think that's, I think that speaks to the type of year Houston has had. <laughs> exactly. So, but you know, I, I don't, I'm not necessarily going to disagree with you. I think that because of how bad of shape this team is right now as an organization, you know, I think you have to explore any move that's going to make you better. And the thing about Bradley Roby is, I mean, yes, he's the best cornerback on our team. And, and the disciplinary action with Roby came because of a disagreement about coverage schemes and defensive philosophy, uh, as well as medical treatment following that knee injury that sidelined him against the Green Bay Packers. That also makes me wonder, where does he and De'Anton Lynn see eye to eye or get along and where does he and Anthony Weaver see themselves right now as player coach right I mean how's that relationship so if you want to explore any move that's going to make you better for the future because I think Houston itself not the players but the front office which really isn't a front office but they have to really understand there is no conceding the year it's over. The year was based on winning on Sunday. You didn't do it. So your idea of moving on from him, if you're able to get a good piece back, and I don't want a raw player, right? I don't want a raw player for the new GM to kind of work around. I want the new GM to have a pick so he can pick his own player. But if you want to move on and, and, see what you can get for Roby because he doesn't necessarily, you know, as good as he is, he doesn't make you better. And without him, you're not worse. You're just where you are. Right. Bradley Roby's only missed one game. You were still the worst secondary in the league. When he was out, you're still the worst secondary in the league. So it doesn't make you better. It doesn't make you worse. You know, he is what he is. And that sucks because Bradley Roby's a really good cornerback. But if you're, if you're able to make yourself better, do it. This year's over with, so work for next year. And I agree with that. And we also look at a Houston Texan 
secondary, a cornerback that includes Bradley Roby, Philip Gaines, Keon Crossing, Vernon Hargraves, Cornell Armstrong, and John Reed. Haven't seen much at all of John Reed. Seen Keon Crossing, didn't look look good or work out. Seen Philip Gaines, that didn't work out at all. We know how bad Vernon Hargraves has been, even though he has an interception. And Gary Young Conley is on IR. See what you can do. It's not working out. I told you guys about Bill Bar, how great Bill Bar is, but also left out some very important details that you need to know. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors, which includes my favorite, the caramel brownie, along with the cookies and cream. My grandmother loves that one. They still have the 12 original flavors, the raspberry, the German chocolate, along with the peanut butter. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft, and easy to chew. And this is for the healthy, conscious guy like myself who wants to lose weight but doesn't want to give up a lot of the sweets, right? You can lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, and great for a keto diet. And here's another thing Bill Bar is doing for their customers right now. You get a free cooler with the purchase while supplies last, which is only for a few weeks or so. So, so go ahead and hop on that right now. Go to billboard.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, use promo code locked on to get $10 off your next order. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Cody Davis Johnson, sports guy Hickman. Before we get out of here, we just wanted to touch on the linebacker position really quick. And, of course, we're going to basically just talk about Jacob Martin. As John alluded to before we went to break, Jacob Martin has been cleared from the COVID-19 reserve list. And nine times out of 10, he will be activated and will be able to play on Sunday against the New England Patriots that more than likely, we're going to need him, by the way, because Cam Newton and the New England Patriots, they do not have much of a passing game, and they run the ball just as much as the Cleveland Browns. And we know how bad the Houston Texans are at stopping the run. But going back to the Jacob Martin situation, one of the things I am conflicted about when we're talking about the Houston Texans this year is the talent. I do believe Houston has more talent on the bench than the players that they are putting out on the field every single Sunday. And I say that because when you take a look at a guy like Jacob Martin, let's rewind back in, I don't know, I think it was the end of July, early August, I want to say. And we had a media availability with him. And he talked about his goals for this upcoming season. And he said that his goal for this year was to average double-digit sacks. And John and myself, we came on here, we talked about how great that was, but did not believe that he was going to get it due to the lack of playing time. Now, at that time, we were really high on Whitney Merciless returning to the player he was prior to him signing his contract extension we had high hopes for Zach Cunningham hell we even thought we was even naive a little bit to believe that we was going to see Jonathan Grenard <laughs> me and John said man it's just too much competition for him to get to 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 go out there and, and get the amount of playing time that he needs to average double digit sacks but here we are November 18th 2020 
heading into week 11. And you can possibly say the linebacker position has been, outside of Zach Cunningham and Terrell Adams, has been one of the most frustrating positions that we have watched this season. Whitney Merciless has yet to return to the guy that he was prior to that contract extension. Bernardrick McKinney, uh, he was having a down year. The next thing you know, he's out with a season-ending injury. And then you take a look at a guy like Brendan Scarlett. He, too, is questionable that he might not be able to come back for the remainder of this season. Jonathan Grenard, rookie, full of promise, full of talent, had a pretty nice showing against the Jacksonville Jaguars, was nearly nowhere to be found against the Cleveland Browns. And that's not his fault. That's the coaching staff fault. But then you have another guy on the bench, Jacob Martin, who has been just as, if not maybe a little bit more productive when you take a look at the amount of playing time that he has had versus a guy like Whitney Merciless. And you think to yourself, why are the Houston Texans not giving him more playing time? This is supposed to be a veteran year, but your veteran is not stepping up. What I said about Bradley Roby is the same thing that I'm going to say about Whitney Merciless. Put him in a position where he can up his trade value and deal him this offseason. Because this is the second time in, in, a, in a row that Whitney Merciless balled out in his contract year, got his contract, and did not live up to it. You go back a couple years ago, I believe it was 2016 or 2015. I, I can't remember which year. But the man averaged a career high 12 sacks. Contract year. Got his extension. Fell off the map. Going into last year, first part of the year, recorded five and a half sacks. Got his contract extension in the middle of the year. Ended with seven. So you're telling me, he only averaged, a, what, a sack and a half for the, for, for the rest of the season? I just don't get it. And what's funny, you take a look at a guy like Jacob Martin, who's averaging less than 40 snaps a game. He has two sacks for the season. Whitney Merciless. He only has three. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to what we've been reiterating and beating a dead horse on, the same discussion of just seeing what you have. Plain and simple. Uh, I, I want to see Jonathan Grenard get more meaningful snaps. I want to see Jacob Martin get more meaningful snaps. I think that how he uses his hands combined with him adding on, you know, weight throughout the offseason. But I love how Martin uses his hands to attack the edge and get after the quarterback. Just see what you have. Uh, I don't think there will be a team that will be in play for Whitney Merciless next year. I think that's one of those contracts that Houston just has to take the L on. But I'm not going to go too much into it. Just see what you have with Martin, who's – Martin is in his third year. He's only in his third year. Jonathan Gennard is a rookie. See what you have out of those young guys at the linebacker edge rushing position because what you already have out there – just is not working. It is Wednesday, so happy hump day to all of you guys listening for today. Thank you for staying along with us thus far. 
I'm John, some sports guy here. Come don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.